Hi, I am Nico de Villiers and welcome to the Family of Virtues podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Family of Virtues podcast. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our listeners from all over the world who are tuning into these podcasts week in, week out from over 20 different countries now. Your support and encouragement is invaluable to us. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. For more information, please head to familyofvirtues.com slash rate. That's familyofvirtues.com slash rate. Please leave us a review. Let us know how we're going. Please remember to subscribe to Family of Virtues on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribing allows you to get notified whenever new episodes launch, so it is really helpful. And lastly, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Family of Virtues podcast. I honor all of us for our commitment to learn more about ourselves and how we can create positive and loving environments for our children. Today on the show, I have Nico de Villiers. He is the host of What Would Mozart Do?, a podcast that focuses on how music as a discipline develops certain skills which people can and have transferred to other careers and how music influences people's day-to-day lives. Nico grew up in South Africa and he studied in Scotland, the USA and England where he was most recently awarded a PhD in music. Nico maintains a freelance performance, teaching and research career. He is a vocal coach and lecturer at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London. Nico, I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Nico, creativity is our topic for today's show and is definitely right up your alley. Tell us a little bit about yourself as well, Nico, to start off with. So thank you very much for that uh, introduction. I am a pianist. And mm. I, I suppose in the US, you would refer to me as a collaborative pianist, meaning right. that I don't only play solo concerts, I don't only do solo work, but I work with a lot of people either uh, playing chamber music and I'm also working with singers uh, playing in recital. But I mm. also work in opera where I would accompany a rehearsal. So I play a reduction of the orchestral score whilst the singers are singing. And I also would coach the singers in learning the uh, repertoire that they are preparing for competitions or auditions. Right. And yes, the, the rest you've already said. I grew up in South Africa and I left just under 20 years ago to do my undergraduate study in Scotland and then I spent two years in the States doing a master's, and then I moved to London, where I've been living ever since. And Mm. yeah, now I am branching out my work as a researcher, following up from my PhD. Excellent. And it sounds like such a wonderful journey you've had. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about you as we go along. But tell us a little bit about this podcast that you've got. So in addition to being a vocal coach at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, I also lead some um, courses that give the students, especially master students, an opportunity to reflect on their development as they go through the year. So it's self-reflection work that they're doing. Mm. And so I had, especially when we had lockdown in London, starting in March this year, I had these online meetings with my students and I mean, at first it was wonderful. They were so actually surprisingly inspired by the opportunity to 
really focus on what they have to do themselves, really taking responsibility for their own learning because they um, didn't have as much access to the building Absolutely. and face-to-face -face, um, meeting. Yeah. Fast forward by a month and a half later when I spoke to them, I would say a third of them had a similar kind of excitement or positivity. Mm. There mm -hmm. was a middle ground of people that said, well, it's sort of gone, gone down, but they continuing their work. Right. And then there was a smaller group that questioned everything they were doing. I suppose lockdown was the perfect opportunity for self-reflection. It was sort of forced upon them. And these yes. students then started asking, well, what is the worth of a music degree? Why, you know, what, what can they do with it? What is, what is the worth of going into university and or conservatoire? And then mm. leaving afterwards, not knowing whether you're going to have a career, especially at mm. the moment where the majority of performances are cancelled and it's only now that we are slowly starting to get back into performance. Right. And so that just really resonated with me because I realized generally in music education, because we are so focused on the craft and honing the craft of your instrument, be it mm. voice or piano, we're so focused on how we are developing those crafts Mm. that we are not actually helping the students enough to mm. see what are the skills that they're actually learning that they can transfer into the rest of their lives or right. in parallel careers. Mm. So I therefore started the, the podcast because I also noticed a number of, of my colleagues who either have started parallel careers or have um, started to move into other careers because of the, the difficulty of maintaining yes. a solely performance career. And in that, giving hope to um, the aspiring musicians as well, knowing that these skills are actually transferable. And we've seen so many ideas come out from this lockdown period, as you, as you said in your own journey, that it is a very reflective time for yourself and a lot of the colleagues and you know, peers that you spoke to. Creativity is a virtue that we're focusing on today. And of course, in this podcast, we aim to guide parents on how to nurture um, these virtues within their own homes as well. Mm -hmm. So I'll read the card for creativity. Just to remind all our listeners as well, these cards are available on virtuesproject.com or through an app called Virtues Cards available on iOS and, and Google Play. Creativity. Creativity is the power of imagination. We are open to inspiration, which ignites our originality. With creativity, we are resourceful and intuitive. We solve problems in new and surprising ways. We know how to play. We take time for dreaming. Discovering our own special talents is a gift to the world, whether making a meal, playing a sport, or creating a craft. Creativity connects us to the beauty of sound, design, color, movement, ideas, and words, and allows us to bring something new into the world. Creativity brings our gifts to fruition. Such powerful words and yet very, very simple. Nico, I just wanted you to reflect on a couple of those statements and how it resonates with you. Well, I think that is, you're, you're mentioning that it's 
simple yet powerful words. And I think that mm. is where we start with creativity. Mm. It's often the simplest idea that yeah. with our, I love the idea that you say, it gives us an opportunity to play. You know, I think play is, that's why we say we play an instrument. You know, right. it's, it's an opportunity <laughs> for us to really be creative, create something that is our own, something that mm. is unique, and also just letting our minds go and absorb what is going on around us and translate that through mm. what we are creating. I really love it. I, I think uh, a lot of us are born creative. It sort of gets squeezed out of us. And more, more on that, you know, of course, a little later. But I just love how it says that it allows us to bring something new into the world. Yes. And, and, and the, the simplicity that I was looking at is it's even making a meal. It's even doing something small at home. It's creativity comes in all aspects. I think sometimes parents get confused that my child needs to be a creative child if they're actually painting something or playing an instrument. Yeah. But when we come down to the word, the basic word of creativity, it's about solving problems in, in, in exciting ways and getting kids to be really interested. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of us miss. And I just want to go straight into our first topic here. Sir Ken Robinson, you know, when, by the time when, when I had written this plan, you know, mm -hmm. he was he was still with us. I don't know whether you know, but last week, I think on the 21st of August, he passed away. Yes, yes. There, there's something that a lot of people don't know. But when I founded uh, the new campus of our school, yes. we were looking for a keyword or a motto or a tagline for, for our school. Mm -hmm. And a group of us were sitting down and, and, you know, I purchased several copies of Out of Our Minds. Yes. And in there were those three words, imagine, create, innovate. Fantastic. And and it is those three words that have formed the tagline of our school. I've mm -hmm. been so inspired by him and especially his talk, Do Schools Kill Creativity? That the honesty and, 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 and the wit with which he actually states, you know, that creativity is as important as literacy. Yeah. And that further, all children are talented and not afraid to be wrong. If you see children when they grow up, you know, like even little kids, yeah, they fall, they fall a hundred times and, and they just pick themselves up and they try to walk again. Mm -hmm. They're not conscious at that time, whether person A, B or C saw them, but they're so determined to be able to walk or so determined to be able to fix a, a building block that no matter how many times they fail, they're not conscious of it. And that's what happens when we grow that mistakes are stigmatized mm -hmm. instead of actually being seen as part of the learning process. And he says, it's a very popular quote, if you're not prepared to be wrong, you will never come up with something original. And the importance of cre creativity, not just in the arts, but in so many other industries, Nico. And mm -hmm. now you've spoken to so many people already. Can you just sort of shed some light on how important is this creativity and what does it look like for us to get an edge in any industry, not just in the creative industries? Well, I think for me, with creativity comes communication. Mm. I mean, let's talk about the arts first, whether you're in the visual arts or musical arts um, or dramatic arts, you know, it gives you an opportunity to communicate whatever thoughts and feelings you have and the message that you want to bring across. Mm. And that is something that you can... Um, transfer to business. That's so important right. that the hierarchy that exists in business 
you know, that as a leader and a manager, you can communicate clearly to your employees that mm. they feel empowered and not dictated to, you know. Mm, absolutely. I've used this example with parents before. Sometimes we, we say, you know, let's, let's, let's draw a house. Yes. And uh, I don't know whether you're aware of this example, but everybody sits down in that workshop and they start with the triangle and the square and then, you know, the, the <laughs> little door and the rectangle and everything. Yeah. And then they, they all hold it up. And I'm like, isn't that a miracle? I don't know you. You don't know me. We were educated in different schools. Our families are different. And yet when I ask everyone to draw a house, everybody draws almost the same house. Exactly. And, and somehow in our schooling life and even with parents and children, there is a certain age where we consciously or unconsciously start deeming some of these things as arts or, or even doodling or sketching mm -hmm. as, as less important simply because of the societal norms of what children are supposed to be achieving at school and beyond. Yep. And, and I feel creativity and age, like the older children get, the less concerned they are about the arts because of all the pressure from subject choices and things like that. And even cultural reasons. I don't know how different it is in the West versus the East. And I know things are changing slowly with awareness, mm -hmm. but there definitely there is more pressure on discipline, more pressure on academics, more pressure on all of these core subjects, quote unquote, if you like, yes. than there is on creativity. And that seems to be quite the opposite of what our children need to be doing and what they need to be exposed to yes so what what are your thoughts on that with students that you've seen coming in what what were their experiences like when they were growing up and did their parents encourage them to to actually be a certain way or, or to adopt certain risks yes i guess well i just uh, quickly want to jump back to the house drawing idea it is really interesting i actually use because when i when i coach singers of course in Western classical um, music, they mainly sing in Italian, French or German, mm. and then English, and then there are some other uh, languages like Spanish and Russian and Czech, but the main languages being the core languages, if you like, mm. being Italian, German and French. And mm. so to c get the correct pronunciation for the German word for house, Mm. I don't say the word. I, mm. in the air, draw this little picture. And it's exactly what you've just explained. The triangle <laughs> and the square, the two small squares and, the, and then a rectangle. And people immediately <laughs> know that in English that's house, whilst in German it's house. And it's, right. I mean, it's, it's tweaking the diphthong being different, you know. Yes. And so it, it, that just um, struck me. That's really funny, actually. That, <laughs> but I think it's, in a way, education as it is at the moment, I think we are creating, it's like rivers, right? Mm. If with last year's season, there was a new path created by the water. Mm. This mm. year, the likelihood of the water going down that path is greater than it making a new path. I love so that. So yeah. five, ten mm. seasons down the line, you mm. have a clear river. Okay? Yes. So I think during children's education, although we want them to play, we want them to be creative, 
their minds, and I think it's just how we humans are, we, in our minds we create the shortest, the quickest path, which mm-hmm. is the triangle, the square, the two small squares and the rectangle for a house. Mm. Mm. But I think one thing that is so important for us to have to reevaluate now is how technology is changing at an extremely fast pace. Yeah. And I think the way I'm, I'm reading a lot about this at the moment because it fascinates me, but I think the way education is working at the moment is not always equipping our students, whichever age that is, age group. I don't think we're necessarily equipping them for a life 10 years from now. Mm. We're equipping them for a life that has been 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because mm. there's so many, the influence of AI, there's so many jobs that will be taken over by that, mm. that now is really the time that we need to encourage creativity. The, right. the ability to emotionally interact with our craft, because that will always be the difference between what we as humans can do and what AI can do, you know. So I think that's a new way of looking at things, and that's creativity in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, No, it is, yeah. I I, I hear you. I I feel like as if the world is definitely moving exponentially into a different direction and, you know, we're not ready for it. Exactly. But what can we say to parents? What can we say to parents who are more focused so even parents and parenting styles if you think about it they can be pretty dated too and i can see that with myself sometimes you know the the reflexes that come out the way we react to certain situations with our children can be pretty much the way we've been brought up and then we sort of have to rewind a couple of paces and be (laughs) mindful about what it is that we said you know i just sounded like my father or i just sounded like my mother (laughs) or whatever it is yes but we have a greater awareness now. I mean, we've just spoken for, for, for quite a while on the importance of creativity and how this is changing. What should parents do at home? Because schools are going to be different, mm. you know, depending on, depending on where a parent can send a child to school, their experiences are going to be different. But all the creative geniuses that come out there did not all go from, it did not all come from, you know, very big and illustrious careers in in some of the largest international schools. Some of them came from very humble beginnings. So when we look at the humble beginnings, when we look at the environment that they were in, what do you think is that magic formula? What is in that environment that encourages that child to start taking steps towards being this creative powerhouse? Well, I don't have children of my own, but I'm the youngest of four kids. And all my siblings have children. And I don't think my one brother, uh, Peter, I don't Mm. think he would mind me using or referring to the way that he teaches or helps his girls. They're seven and ten. Something that is important for him to instill in them, on the one hand, how important they are, And at the exact same time, and this might sound strange, but how Mm -hmm. insignificant they are. And what he means by that is to 
make them aware of their self-worth, giving yes. them always the opportunity to mm. try, as you, as you mentioned earlier, about doesn't matter how many times they try, they keep on trying to get that Lego block to fit in in a certain way, etc. But at the same time to realize that in the bigger universe, they're actually not, you know, they're not the center of the universe. They might be the center mm. of their universe, mm -hmm. but they're not the center of the universe. Right. And through this philosophy, I can see how he just gives them the opportunity to develop and to find their own way, of course, with Hebe's and his wife's guidance. But they, there's, for instance, there have been times, and I've seen this with my sister as well, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this specific example, ones that happened with my nephew. So right. my sister had this because she, at the time, played the double bass. She had a bar stool that she would sit on to play. Mm -hmm. And my nephew, who was like 10 months old or 8 months old thereabouts, he managed to get himself into the bar stool between the four legs, right? Mm. And then he was upset because he couldn't get out. Right. And I wanted to pick him up and take him out. She said, no, leave him there. Mm -hmm. He worked out how to get into it. It's important for him to learn to work out how to get out of it. Now, of course, she's not going to leave the child there for hours on end. Absolutely. But it was not five minutes, and he worked out how to get himself out of yes. that. And I think it's, I mean, the, this is a very small example, but you can mm. see how in its essence, it's the importance of life, you know, how we... If you can get yourself into a situation, yes, you need to be able to get yourself out of it if need be. And Absolutely. I think that is something, I say again, as an observer of parenting mm. rather than a, being a parent myself, I think that yeah. is something that parents can really do much more and trusting the child also to have the knowledge that they mm. intrinsically have. Mm. Does that make sense? I just, yeah, absolutely. And and look, before before we even go ahead, I wanted to acknowledge Peter and, and, and your sister as well, because in the way they're doing that, they're honoring the spirit of the child. Exactly. You know, in the in, in the case with Peter, having conversations with a seven and ten year old like that, unlayering how life is unfolding in front of their lives is, is so perceptive. Mm -hmm. And to be able to and to be able to do that with, with love and detachment at the same time. Yes. To be able to say to your child that you are important but you are yet in insignificant honors their spirit because they start to understand what they are in this world and and what should their role be as as a human being mm -hmm. you know rather rather than just a human that's supposed to just do 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 what society asks them to do yeah. but when you're being who are you actually being in in context and simple things like what the example that you gave uh, for your sister i think too often parents are rescuing children yes and and if we are rescuing children if you're over parenting children then we're we're denying them robbing the chance of them being able to creatively 
solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't guide them. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, explain to them. It doesn't mean that we don't speak about our experiences in the past. It it doesn't mean that we don't companion them. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't mean that we solve it for them. We ask them what do they need to be able to solve their problem, you know, especially as 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 they get older. So I, I really loved, you know, the examples that you've given. So um, so th- yeah, just ahead. to go back to my uh, sister Nicolette's example, for instance, I think as adults, because I was the one that wanted to get my nephew out of that situation, I mm. think it's so easy for us to project our own insecurities yes. on be it our children or our students mm-hmm. because we have the luxury slash burden of hindsight yeah you know we know what possibly can happen say worst case scenario that bar stool fell over and fell on his leg or something like that mm-hmm. and that's something i wanted to to avoid of course that care is needed but at the mm. same time we we need to we need to give our students and children the opportunity to make those mistakes yes you know, and allow them to find various different ways of doing the same thing because mm-hmm. It will depend on whichever situation you you end up in life, and I think this right. is where, with for me, the most important thing would be communication. Mm. You know, because for instance, the conversations that my brother has with his daughters, the mm-hmm. the kind of communication that they're learning from the way that he would explain things, they mm. they actually have ways of sometimes saying things that are far what we perceive as being far beyond their years right and i think that actually does them a disservice by going oh but they they think beyond their years no Mm. they're thinking the way their minds are in this moment Mm -hmm. don't pigeonhole them into this year group yes you know yes yes absolutely and if you have given the children an opportunity to think. It's it's not like as if we are brainwashing them. No. You have given them the opportunity to think. You've given them the opportunity to solve a problem. You've spoken to them about what your beliefs are and you ask them, so what do you think? Yeah. How does this relate to you? And I think we sometimes overlook this part. Mm. It's something they will transfer to their peers. Yes. You know, so their, their peers might also develop faster or farther beyond a certain point that one expected because of how they interact with each other mm. you know so i think there's there's a lot to do with how we communicate with each other as adults and mm-hmm. how children see that and how we communicate with children i mean this is this is no new knowledge that i'm saying here but i think it's because it's not new information we so often Mm. just overlook it because we take it as read and it's so for me it's important to revisit these things often because say for instance i experienced this um 
a lot when I prepare a program of music for a recital. So mm. let's say there's um, a group of songs that I've been playing for the past mm. 20 years. I've performed mm. it with, say, 10 different singers. And then there's a singer number 11, mm -hmm. and I'm preparing it. And I'm reading this poem, which is then set to music. And I'm reading the poem, and there's something new coming out of that poem. And I think, but how could I not have seen this in the past <laughs> 10 times? You know, it, mm. it's then suddenly so obvious. And I think that is why old truths need to constantly be reevaluated and see whether they still hold water and still uh, ring true at the time. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Parents need to start, you know, with kids being really young, creating a household that thrives on, on creativity, yeah. allowing our child to be creative. You know, what does that look like? I mean, one of the first things that, can, that I can think of is to introduce our child to a variety of activities. So other than, you know, painting or other than music, what else can a parent actually do to encourage creativity within our households? Well, I can give you an example of this past weekend. So my niece, uh, who I said is 10, she's 10 on Thursday. But so they came to visit us this weekend. Mm -hmm. And we have cupcakes. And mm -hmm. they had the opportunity to decorate these cakes. And yes, I lovely. must say, they decorated it. And I mean, there were piping bags and everything. So, you know, yeah. it's, it, was, they, it was a whole mess afterwards, but it was wonderful at the same time. What they created is, is just astonishing. And, mm. you know, so I think allowing them to, as we said earlier, to cook or to bake. And, of course, there are hot things, etc. But why not encourage the child to look at what you're doing rather than mm. just getting the plate of food at the end, you know. Another thing, my niece in South Africa, Nicolette's daughter, she's now getting into um, baking herself. She's 14. But one thing that she loves is colour. So right. there's been a, a number of times that I um, would go and visit and you'd get pancakes but it's strange to have to eat a blue pancake. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, blue as in what you would get in a paint pot, a blue or a green pancake. And it still tastes nice. But for her, that is what it has to be. That's you know? right. So I, I think just allow children to play and yeah. allow them to, to find their own ways. Yeah. The greatest gift uh, that a child has is imagination. Yeah. And the older they get, you know, the system, parents, schools or what have you just slowly squeezes it out of them. And, and one of the things that I always like to tell parents is never, ever force. In fact, my own son, uncanny, pretty much, you know, just before this conversation, mm. he didn't go out to play today. He's, he's pretty active. He likes to go out on a bike and he catches frogs and insects and things like that. And today he Fantastic. just came out. Yeah. Today he just came out and he said, Mummy said I could paint today and I really wanted to paint. Uh -huh. So there were these customized paint boxes commercialized that come, 
you know, in a box and you've got a canvas and, and paintbrushes and all of this stuff like ready in a box. Yeah. Right? And then there was a there, there was a handout. There was like a sheet and he had to paint a shark. And they gave the outline of what the shark was supposed to be like, how the teeth were supposed to be like. And, and they gave stickers of the food that the shark was supposed to eat. Yeah. And and here I am, like any other parent, I'm like, wow, <laughs> lesson plan. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is what you're gonna follow. And and as an educator, my son was the one that actually told me off. Yeah. And and my and my wife, who's pretty artsy herself, because she's an interior designer, she came along five minutes later. Yeah. And and she came in, in, in right in the middle of our conversation. And and Ray was like, But I don't want to paint the shark. Yes. And I'm like, but look at all these resources. Yeah. You've got the shark, <laughs> the stickers. They're all here. What are you on about? He said, Daddy, I have a paintbrush. I have paint. I have a canvas. Let me just paint whatever I want. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there and, and I suddenly just had to take a step back and I said, you know what? Yes, you go paint whatever you want. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And and of course he pa- and of course he painted the sky black instead of blue and 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 when I asked him why and he said it's the solar eclipse please let me just yeah. paint my solar eclipse <laughs> and and the reason why I'm saying that is because we think that things need to fit into certain compartments mm. and 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 the, the latter example of the sky being blue well why does the sky need to be blue and of course because it isn't always blue it isn't it isn't always blue <laughs> and and he was thinking of a solar eclipse yeah. and unless you ask them you don't know what they're sort of translating out of their minds and and that's what i meant about you know i i think children need to be able to have the confidence yeah need to be able to have the courage need to be able to be creative without those you know, cookie cutter, compartmentalized models of what things need to be, whether that's art or whether that's a pancake. Yeah. You know, who's to say that a pancake needs to be that color? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I think this is a constant thing that is important. We have to ask more questions than the number of statements we make. Absolutely. The, the I balance, I think, should be 75 for questions and 25% for statements. Yeah. Yeah. Because helping the, with the process exactly. and, and, and not the answer. Have you tried doing this? What would happen if this goes with that? I'd really be interested to see. Oh, I, I, I love how you've combined those colors. Tell me a little bit more about that. Just making sure that they are constantly, you know, being able to express and verbalizing what they're, what they're feeling inside. Yeah. I think it's really important because it validates their thought process. You know, it's not something that they've just kept inside and they don't even know whether they're doing right or wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and mm. and I mean, what I mean, not wanting to touch on ethics, of course, but mm. that that goes as assumed. But what is right and what is wrong in creativity, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It, mm. at, at their at their level, you know, mm. we I think there comes a time where asking why seems mm. to be criticism get you get defensive exactly and mm. if that is if if that is something that we can eradicate that why mm. is encouragement rather than criticism mm. i think that will really empower children mm. much much mm. more absolutely i guess it depends on the context in which that word is used as well isn't it i exactly. mean you 
Yeah, and Simon Sinek, I mean, why is the most powerful word? You start with why. People buy why you do it. So in this case, I guess why becomes defensive is if, for example, a child has done something wrong mm. and you ask them, why have you done it? Yeah. You know, that you're not companioning them the right way because they're straight away going to go on the back foot. They already feel like the accused. Yes. But I feel like as if in context or especially in creativity, when they're doing something, asking them why they did it, mm-hmm. I think they'd be more than happy to express and, and to be able to share with you the wonderful things that are going in their minds. Yes. Yeah. I, mm. I just, I'm How, just suddenly yeah. thinking about your boy also saying, but I don't <laughs> want to, I don't want to paint a shark. <laughs> it's not a shark day. <laughs> it's it's a, a solar it eclipse isn't. day. Come on. <laughs> it is, and, and yeah, I was having my moment and, and you do know, I mean, even as an educator, sometimes it just shows you that how, how you've been brought up sometimes does take over. Yeah. But most of the time I do have my educators hat on. And one of the things that I always allow him to do is just give him time to just be bored. That unscripted time. Yeah. You know, when you're living with a family, a lot of the times when they actually see a child just sitting silent, mm-hmm. humming, and just looking up, a lot of parents might think, you know, he's going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? He needs company. He needs to socially interact, no. you know. But we need to allow them to be in that space, not overly stimulate them. Because that is where when, when nothing is going on out, outside is when something starts going on inside. Exactly. You know, when something is always going on outside. You know, how much is, is Paw Patrol going to ignite his creativity? He's just going to watch Paw Patrol. Yes. But, but when he's not watching Paw Patrol, when he's on his own, when he's got Legos right in front of him scattered, who cares about the instructions on the Legos? Yeah. I mean, that, that, of course, that has its place and he does them. But most of the time, it's all jumbled up. Yeah. And, and he starts creating his own things. Yeah. And and that's what I just love. I love those conversations because sometimes I just sit there and say, tell me what you've done. Yeah. And, and, and just yesterday he told me, this is a dance floor with a DJ and I've built it with wheels so it can actually generate electricity and it flies like a drone. So if you want a dance floor, if you want a party in your house, it'll fly to your house with a DJ. Fantastic. <laughs> and that's... That's all out of Lego. And we weren't speaking about that. I don't know how that entered his mind, but it's it it was there. Yeah. You know, and how much was unscripted time important to you in your childhood? And how much do you attribute that towards, you know, your success or wherever you are right now? Well, to be honest with you, it's <laughs> it's quite funny when when the four of us kids talk about when we were children. Mm-hmm. Like Peter over the weekend mentioned that there was a plum tree in Mm. our garden that he said we would climb up. Well, Nico wouldn't because he was at the piano, but the rest of us would climb up. And that was it. You know, I can honestly not remember a time that I didn't play the piano. I played it first by ear. And then Mm. when I was six, I started taking lessons to learn to read music, etc. So... I suppose that non-scripted time for me was the times that I would just sit at the piano and make up my own songs and, Absolutely. and you know, listen to something. I mean, 
I would have, this was of course still in the time of tapes, etc. Mm -hmm. But I would have the tape recorder next to me and would record what I'm playing. Or I would put on a piece of music which has an orchestra and everything. And I've learned parts of it um, by ear. So I would then play along to this orchestra. You know, that that was my creative time. And mm. that all transferred into into my learning of of music and i th i think with unscripted time what is important and this is um coming back actually to a question you asked right at the beginning what are the things mm. that that parents should do regarding creativity i think one thing that is important is if there are limitations and I'll explain in a moment why I'm mentioning this. But if there are limitations, to either not point them out mm -hmm. or to refer to them in a way that they are possible to be overcome. Yes. Um, I was 12 and I saw a picture of the Royal College of Music in London at my uh, piano teacher's house. It was a prospectus. Mm -hmm. I, at that point, had no idea how far London was from Bloemfontein, which is the city that I grew up in, in South Africa. And I say right. city, it's more a glorified town. And so, one, I had no idea how far it was. I had mm -hmm. no idea about the exchange rate. Mm -hmm. At that point, I didn't speak English. I learned to speak English and converse in it when I left South Africa. You know, so all these things could have been pointed out as obstacles and therefore not to have the dream. Got it. Yeah. But my piano teacher, Johan, at that point just said, okay, mm. we will have to work for a scholarship. Mm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And we immediately changed our approach slightly. And fast forward to when I was 18, I was awarded a scholarship. I mean, it's, it's a real privilege, but I was awarded mm -hmm. the scholarship not to go to the Royal College, but the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Mm -hmm. But the scholarship covered the whole degree. All four years. Beautiful. Wow. You know, and that that ended up, you know, taking me further um, on my career. So at the time, when I made the decision, when I was 12, that I'm going to mm. study in London, I got, I wrote to the Royal College, to the director, and I explained mm. that I would want to uh, study there. What can I do? And they said, mm. well, first you need to finish primary school and, <laughs> and then you need to finish <laughs> high school. But, you know, then just keep working the way you are. Yeah. But one wonderful thing that they then did was they put me on the mailing list. So yes. each year I received a prospectus, you know. And so I had all these pictures of concert halls and, you know, amazing teachers, etc., above my piano. 
And it was just a done deal. That is what was going to happen. And yet, I, I never studied at the Royal College. So mm. one could see that as a failure. But I ended up teaching there. You know, oh, so, <laughs> so nice. you know, it's, I, I think it's, I, I will always be grateful to my piano teacher who in that moment just said, well, okay, this is how we need to change our, our approach as opposed to yeah. these are all the things that could hold you back. Thank you for sharing it. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. So inspirational. Thank you. And when you spoke about this, you, you know, even with parents, let's say it's not a piano teacher, but your child tells you at the age of 10, 11, 12, that this is what I want to do, or this is what I want to be. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge them, acknowledge them first for their enthusiasm, yeah. for their idealism, that they have ideals, that they have something to aspire towards. Don't straight away shoot that down just because, A, you didn't even speak the language, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the advice is to first acknowledge and then look at what behavior needs to be corrected in a sense that, okay, you know, you're enthusiastic, you're idealistic, and this is all of the things that you have. We need to start showing some self-discipline. Mm -hmm. If we want to get there, we need to start showing some self-discipline. We need to be working a couple of hours every single day. And you need to be flexible because there are certain things that you don't like that you must implement if you want that discipline. Yeah. And one thing that I would like to add, if I may, and I stress again, I'm an uncle, I'm not a parent. The importance of acknowledging to your child, acknowledge your own pride in what mm -hmm. they're doing. You know, because I think what sometimes happens is people might be reluctant to share their own pride because they might feel it's not one shouldn't have pride or it's showing off or whatever. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what I mean is communicating that pride to the child themselves. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. otherwise... It, it can easily be seen that because children put so much on their parents, you know, they need mm. so much from their parents. And if they Absolutely. get everything except that acknowledgement of yes. pride, and I mean the, the word in the richest and most, but hum, most humble sense, that, that is part of the education. That's part of the helping the child to really yes. get their um reach their full potential and keep developing their potential and i think also Absolutely. no experience is in vain hmm. if your child after three or five years or whatever says you know what i want to change my mind about something i i don't want to play the piano anymore because i found hmm. this that i'm passionate about mm-hmm those five years of learning the piano is not lost. No. You know, it's accumulated discipline. It's accumulated mm -hmm. dedication, sensitivity, creativity, and mm. uh, communication be, being both performance but also listening. I mean, the kind of listening that goes on in playing an instrument and having to create the music yourself these are all skills that can be and are regularly transferred. 
Right. You know? No, I think I think that the, the key message here is, you know, not to not to overparent, mm. but to support, to create an environment where our children can explore, can try, and not to put any pressure on the outcome. Because every single experience, whether it's one month, one year, every single piece of experience will lead them to the next stage. Mm -hmm. We can only connect the dots backwards. And if we place a lot of pressure on the child and we're saying, well, you know, last time you went into this particular you know, activity and nothing came out of it anyway, so what's the point? Then the child is starting to have that kind of impression that the next time I get into something, I have something to, I need something to show for it. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of even trying? And I think that's that's the biggest crime when it comes to creativity, yeah. you know, and I think, not putting pressure on the outcome. And I think there's such a, such a thin line between that pressure of, well, what's the point? And encouragement, you know, Absolutely, the, the yes. line is so thin and it, it's just a constant juggling act. And balancing mm-hmm. act, and I think that's something that we as grown-ups, educators, and parents—that's a skill we need to constantly keep in check yes. and keep developing. Yes. As I conclude the practice of creativity, Nico, I'm going to read these out and then reflect on you know one or two statements that resonate with us yep. as we conclude. So the practice of creativity: I treasure my imagination. I am innovative in solving problems. I take time for inspiration. I entertain my dreams. I remember to play. I develop my gifts through learning and discipline. And I dare to be original. Your reflections. Well, two that really stuck out for me is I take mm. time for inspiration. Mm. You know, the, the importance of... I've, I've noticed that in my own work as an author that mm-hmm. I would do my research, I would read a lot, and then there might be time passing where I don't read, but I'm also not writing. And yes. then at some point, I start writing because that that quiet time in between mm. is where I'm, I won't say I'm waiting for inspiration, but I'm allowing my thoughts to come up based on what I've read you know, based on the mm. research that I've done. And I think also that's one of the positives that lockdown has taught us, this, the, the importance of taking time to find inspiration. It's not just, it's not a luxury to have quiet time. Mm. I think it's important. Mm. And then mm. the other sentence I want to focus on is daring to be original yeah and daring to be original original can i think often seem like you need to achieve something to be original Mm. Mm. each of us are is original in his or her own right by being we're original and it's how we allow that originality to flourish through creativity mm. yes you know it's not that if you're just by being you're not original you mm. are an original being and it's mm-hmm. what you do with creativity 
to let something specific in that in that being flourish. Love it, love it. Yeah, I what resonated with me is developing my gifts through learning and discipline. Mm-hmm. I think there is there's there's a tendency even as I was growing up that anything that I wanted to sort of get interested in, whether it was you know education or what have you, there was always a lot of time and effort that went into that. There was that virtue of uh, of excellence, if you like, that sometimes would bog me down, but I felt I really needed it because with discipline, with learning, with constantly finding out more. I mean, it's like some of these podcasts that we're doing suddenly out of nowhere. Yeah. The amount of the amount of learning and discipline that it requires in a short span of time, just so that we can develop this gift mm-hmm. or develop this this creative talent, if you like, of being able to do something that's different, something that's original, and and I guess to be able to satisfy a purpose, I feel like as if if we use our creativity and we combine that with a purpose in our lives, mm-hmm. it just makes it all the more meaningful as well. Yeah. The affirmation, I'm going to read it and you're welcome to repeat after me. So the affirmation for creativity. I'm thankful for the gift of creativity. I am thankful for the gift of creativity. It allows my talents to flower. And it allows my talents to flower. Nico, 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 thank you. Thank you so much. I th- Thank you firstly for your creativity. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because not only are you a creative individual, but you have found a sense of purpose in your life to inspire and influence and bring positivity into the minds of so many young hearts and so many young souls and continue to influence them to be able to reach their ideals, whatever that may be. Um, you bring that virtue of idealism yourself because through your own experiences and, and, and the wisdom and perceptiveness with which you've shared all your stories, I'm sure resonates with a lot of parents and how they will be dealing with their children or their 12-year-old who may just have that particular dream. If it just changes that, if there's one thing that they take away from that and that example, that could change that child's life for the future. So thank you so much for your honesty and the way you've shared with us. And, and Nico, how can people get in touch with you? Well, um, people are more than welcome to visit my website, um, which mm. is www.nicodevilliers.com. And I'm also on Instagram, Nico de v Piano, yeah. and also by the same tag on Twitter. And I would love Absolutely. to hear more from people. And, you know, I'm... If there are any questions or um, suggestions that people might want to make, I'm open to any communication. Excellent, excellent. Thanks so much, Nico. I'll put all of that information on the show notes as well. And um, you can look me up for more information on Family of Virtues and other related topics. I'm on Twitter and Instagram on my personal handle, rsiddhartha, or Facebook and Instagram at Family of Virtues. And of course, the Family of Virtues website, familyofvirtues.com. So please subscribe, tune in again next time. God bless us all. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.